I don't know why tonight it's just not good. I put new fans in my computer. Because we got comfortable not streaming anything and doing anything. And then, you know, it, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's a weird, like, it's like a four or five month period that we go without a problem. And then it's that fifth or sixth month that it's just like, yeah, fuck. Dude, I swear it is because I changed my... Why did you leave us? I mean, it's possible you could have knocked something loose or you could have unplugged something that was important and plugged it in elsewhere and it freaks something out. Who knows? I know that it's driving me uh, up the wall. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's not Thursday Night Thrills, Texas. Right? Yeah, you're right. It's not fucking Thursday Night Thrills. Nothing is right. <laughs> Guys, you know the name of the show. You know. <laughs> you're here for it. story short there is two stories and a bonus story the first story is a phantom at a chicago hotel known as the drake no not drake as you know him so this is the drake yeah in chicago the drake hotel so you guys know this oh shit my dad's my dad's main character in his book is named after this hotel oh shit (laughs) i didn't even know that's cool (laughs) That's nice. Tuning in for a little bit before we're Big Rick Barry. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. you. Okay. So there is a phantom known as the lady in red Mm -hmm. at the Drake Hotel. Now, on New Year's Eve, 1920, the Drake Hotel celebrated its opening night with glamour, glitz, tinsel, you know, all all the stuff. You know, think Great Gatsby. That's basically. Big ass party. Big humongous party. Absolutely nuts. Um, and it was an incredible occasion and, and, you know, everybody came from all over and they wanted to be a part of it, you know, as a place to be. It was supposed to be like Chicago's most like big and beautiful celebrated hotel. It was absolutely. Now, unfortunately, this same night was marked with tragedy because a woman threw herself off the roof of the Drake hotel. Now, on this day, a man and his fiance, who was clad in a brilliant red silk gown, attended the gala held by the Drake's Gold Coast room. The man stepped away and didn't return. She was, you know, obviously curious. She was like, oh, well, where, where did he go? I'm here. We're having the time of our life. Great Gatsby style, right? Uh, so she went looking for him. Well, she found him. And when she found him, he was with another woman. And this was in the Palma Court Parlor. Now, she was obviously devastated by the whole thing. Uh, and in no time at all, she climbed to the roof and jumped to her death. Yeah. That's not good. So the Drake Hotel obviously was kind of marked for this. Um tragedy not because of the drake hotel not because of anything like that there's nothing necessarily that the drake like led her to kill herself or something like that so she okay after that jump no she's not she died no she died um she's dead 
on she died anyway so now the lady in red uh apparently to some goers of the drake hotel appears in different areas i mean not only just in where her and her husband were or where the palm court was or anything like that she just appears like in the lobby and and all over uh this whole hotel she's a creeper yeah she's 100 percent a creeper and and it's and it's ugh, i don't know and, and it's a shame because you know obviously uh, essentially what people have claimed to be seeing on the lady i mean on at the drake hotel is the lady in red would appear in the gold coast <laughs> well and she's not she's she's not oh my god <laughs> she's not an angry ghost you know she just likes to make people uncomfortable yeah, she she doesn't necessarily go around like scaring people or anything, but she's basically seen in the Gold Coast or in the Palm Court and on the top tenth floor as well as the roof. Um, and yeah, she just kind of wanders the hotel, making everybody in there uh, pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. Now that's not all there was within the Drake Hotel. In fact, there's there's a little bit more here. So Bobby Franks was actually kidnapped and murdered by his cousin Richard Loeb and his accomplice Nathan Leopold in 1924. Did you Four say Loeb or Loeb? Loeb. L-O-E-B. Loeb. The two said they did it for the thrill of it. After the trial was over, Bobby's parents sold their mansion and moved into the Drake to avoid publicity and gawkers. Mm. The father, Jacob M. Franks, died of a heart attack in his suite in 1928. Four years after, his son was beaten to death. The mother, Flora, died in the hotel nine years later. Both have been seen wandering the hotel, mourning their son. So basically don't stay here is what you're saying? I mean, it depends on what you feel. You know, if you like haunted stuff, you should definitely stay there. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to experience ghosts and ghouls. like. Why not, man? I don't want to. I don't want to. You play phasmophobia, you know? Yeah, and I don't want to. (laughs) And now I don't want to experience it in real life. One more thing that did happen. Um, in January of 1944, Adele Bourne Williams, socialite and the wife of a State Department employee, returned to her eighth floor suite with her daughter. When a middle-aged gray-haired woman wearing a black Parisian lamb coat stepped out of the bathroom and began shooting at them both. God. Adele died the next day. She died until the next day. I think I thought that was a typo. <laughs> Several witnesses saw the woman in black flee the scene, but police never solved the case. And it's, it's said Adele is still seen. Mm-hmm. SPI 33, to answer your question, between 200 and 500. Holy fuck, they're still really expensive. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty pricey. I just looked it up on uh, booking.com. Not sponsored. Sponsored. Thank you so much. If they want to sponsor us, I'll randomly fucking scream booking dot yeah in the middle of the podcast booking for the money. I'll do it. (laughs) Swear to God. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, this this hotel um, was kind of becoming a rundown, beat up place, but it was acquired in 1980 by uh, Hilton International, which is probably why it's so damn expensive now to be there. So yeah, there's there's your uh, there's your first one. The second one is much more unnerving in my opinion. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I mean the, nobody died or anything, but it is it was, it's spooky. It's a little strange. So this is coming from Reddit, uh, a subreddit known as No Sleep. Oh, and that other one was coming from hauntedjourneys.com. 
Yes. There you go. I got to, got to give my sources here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from no sleep, uh, new year's Eve, 2011, my eerie start to 2012. I didn't have much planned on new year's Eve. My friend Aaron was having a family party. So he invited me and two other friends to join in me, Aaron, Nat, and Anthony are chilling in the basement. At around 9.30, Aaron gets a text from a number he doesn't recognize. It says, yo, I'm outside. So he goes outside to check and finds that no one's there. He comes down and asks if we have the number in our phone. None of us do. A little while after, Nat gets a text from the same number. It says, yo, I'm outside. She replies, where are you? And then she gets a text back saying, turn around. We're all in the basement together and clearly no one was behind her. So we figured someone was trying to prank us. At around 1045, I get the text, yo, I'm outside. Same number. So now I'm really curious and I want to say, and I want to figure out who's the person is. I text back. All right, I'm coming out. I probably get a text back saying I'm already inside. <laughs> so, so this is, this is something that, that, uh, I think the user's name is J.A. 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 Now, fast forward to around 1210. We're upstairs with everyone else watching the NBC New Year's show. Uh I decide to text this person. Happy New Year. Love you, XOXO. You know, just kind of messing with him. Yeah. But I get no reply until around one. And I'm sitting on my friend's couch playing games on my phone. It said, I'm waiting by your car. I didn't think too much of it. Uh-huh. I just text back. What's my license plate number? Took a few minutes to get a reply, which said, you drive a Honda, right? I mean, big deal. Lots of people drive Hondas. Right. Of course. Around 1.30, I'm putting my shoes on to leave and I get another text. I'm ready to leave now. Are you? So I'm pretty stressed. All right. Even just reading this right out the gate. Now, I can't lie. That was a timely text, so I got a little rattled, but I put on my shoes and went out the door. I had to drop off Anthony and Nat, so we walked to my car, and before going in, I checked the back seats in the surrounding area. Nothing in sight. We get in the car. Here's where things get creepy. Now, I could have made a three-point turn and drove around the way I came in. Drove out the way I came in. But I was too lazy to reverse. I drove straight, thinking that I knew the area well enough to make the proper turns to get out. I ended up making a right turn prematurely and I quickly realized I made the wrong turn. My phone vibrated in my jacket pocket and I got a text. You're going the wrong way. Oh shit. <laughs> no thanks. Okay, so let's let's just let's get the theories out of the way. Is it one of his friends? What do you think? It could be. It could. In this day and age, like I don't know how old this one is. So in this, this is day 2011. and age, yeah, so it's it's a little too old for like Apple trackers and tile trackers. Yeah, it's a little too old for that. But I'm also like the phone number. Yeah, there, there's more about the phone number actually. Well, I mean, you can think of the phone number as being just a random ass disposable because back in 2011, you know, we had disposable still. You could so. buy burners. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And GPS tracking is not a thing that most people can do. Um, you have to like get a subpoena from Apple, which is like, oh impossible. yeah. Well, and back then it was so difficult to get like any of the hardware to do that. So like it was well out of your common pranksters' means of doing. Yeah, 
that makes sense? Nowadays, you just slap an Apple tag on somebody's car and they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. Very cool. Thanks, Apple. (laughs) All right, so the text read, you're going the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I was shook. I stopped on the side of the road. I wasn't lost or anything. I'm in the suburbs after all. I just made the wrong turn. I stayed put until a couple cars passed me. I turned to the back seat and asked if Nat or Anthony were playing around and they said they have no idea what's going on. So I tried to put that behind me and continue driving. We come to a stop sign where we make a turn onto the main road. Anthony's house is on the left. I decide to turn right. As I'm driving, Anthony says, what the hell are you doing? I tell him, I just want to see what happens. Hmm. I drove about a kilometer up, turn into an empty parking lot in a plaza. I do a big circle, then come out the way I came in. I'm a little relieved at this point, so I pull out and head towards Anthony's house. Then my pocket vibrates again. You're going the wrong way. Oh, no. Sorry. God damn it. Let me try that again. Stop with the detours. I'm still here. At this point, I was shook. I turned off my phone and left it at that. I didn't drive all the way home. I asked if I could chill at Anthony's for a bit, but I ended up sleeping over. What creeped me out was the timeliness of all the texts. But what sealed the deal was the punctuation and grammar. I know that sounds silly, but my friends really don't text like that. (laughs) That's hilarious. Now, edit. So there's a couple edits here. Just adding that my other friends who were out and about on New Year's Eve didn't get any messages. So whoever this person is that knew me, Nat, Anthony, and Aaron were all together. Is knew that me, Nat, Anthony, and Aaron were all together. Edit two. I got the S3 when it came out. I didn't didn't want to carry that number over. But until then, I had the number on my phone and for show and tell. I hated scrolling through my combos and seeing that number. People who I've told the story to always tried to call the number, but they get a message saying that the number doesn't exist. Mm. Like, Interesting. this number is that, not See, that's what makes now. me think it was a burner. But, mm-hmm. I don't know. See, and, and that's what I'm thinking too. I haven't dived too deep into this. On one hand, I felt that something really bad could happen if I kept probing it. And nothing has happened so far. But on the other hand, I don't have any closure and sometimes I get paranoid about getting another message. Makes sense. Edit three. I just remember that I do have my old phone in my closet still. If you got serious skills, Liam Neeson and Taken type skills, shoot me a message. <laughs> oh, skills man. So, that make you a nightmare for people. Yeah, right? Can you imagine though? I mean, that'd be really like... That would be a little weird, especially like, if you Have didn't... you ever just had those? You know what I mean? Where like you get a call and it's just dead air or like yeah, something like that. I get those I, like, a lot. You just like when I was younger... Those used to really freak me out. Like, I've, had, I've had people leave weird things on my doorstep. I've had people do all sorts of stuff. Really? Yeah. People leaving weird things on your doorstep, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I won't get into that. But um, one, you know, I think there's something interesting about the whole case there of like all mm-hmm. these people, you know, are like... 100% shook by this whole thing. And yeah, I could have been one of their friends with a burner phone, but like, right. It's just not having that closure is kind of rough. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's the thing is like, there was never any end. There it wasn't just, a resolution. It, yeah. It just stopped, but like, did it stop? No, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, right. I don't know. I it's, don't know. It's a little weird. It is. 
It is. So those are our two stories. Uh, now, yes. you know, mm-hmm. two is better than one, but three. That's three right. Just takes the damn. Three cake. takes the cake. Three is the cherry on top. Yes. And number three is one hell of a doozy. This is the bonus story, mm-hmm. and it is a Florida man story. It's always Florida. All right. It's always uh, fucking Florida. This shit this, always comes out of Florida. This comes from, ironically, Fox 13 Salt Lake City. <laughs> Son decapitated mother over nagging on New Year's Eve. Just take that in for a moment. Somebody left a bowling ball on our doorstep once. Oh my God, who did that? Okay. So this this article is really quite a doozy. <laughs> I read this and I had to like double take it because like I couldn't. <laughs> Did you see the guy too? Yeah, no. Yeah, well, he looks like he's from Florida. Um, when cops showed up to a subdivision Wednesday night in Oldsmar, Florida, it wasn't to break up a loud party or mm-hmm. for any sort of bacchanalian revelry type typical of New Year's Eve. Right. Nothing crazy. No, no. News knew big words. Um, <laughs> no parties, no fireworks, nothing. No parties. Just- no. Hanging out? Not at all. They're just chilling, you know? They just got a call. No. Mario Gomez called 911 to report something far more grotesque and ghastly. Apparently, his brother had just cut off his mom's head with an axe. Just lopped it off. Just with an axe. He just got the axe and just... Gone. <sighs> no. The responding deputies found the decap- decapitated, 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 decapitated body of 48-year-old Maria Suarez Casani, alongside the garbage cans outside of the Tampa area home. According to the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, her head was inside one of them. Mm. <laughs> STI 33, goddammit. She's totally okay. Yeah. No, she's not. They were able to reattach it with glue. <laughs> Elmer's glue. Yeah, no, not good. Uh, Gomez told the authorities that his younger brother, Christian Gomez, had fled the scene. However, he didn't make it very far. The sheriff's office said that they found the 23-year-old. This dude's 23. This is horrible. Like, what? 23-year-old some 30 minutes later on a bicycle about a mile from his home. Took him I mean, custody. if you do something like, like, if you commit this bad of a crime, why would you take off on a bicycle? I don't know. This isn't the 70s. Just go. Take well, the car. Well, here's here's the thing. Uh, Gomez isn't exactly, um, I don't know what the word would be. The best, uh, the brightest bulb, if that makes sense. No. Um, no. By far, he's not. Now, Gomez admitted to the murder. And according to the sheriff's office, he was just fed up with his mother's nagging over the previous two days about moving some boxes into the attic. Yeah. Moving boxes into the attic. So basically, Can you imagine she was being just, that person. She was just asking them to move some boxes. Just asking him, say, Hey, move these boxes into the just attic. Went to and, the, went to the garage and grabbed the ax. Yeah. He was just so fed up with it. And it's like, <laughs> there's nothing else you could have done to defuse that situation. It was just straight to the axe murder. Straight to the axe. Axe murder. Right. (laughs) Now, Christian Gomez is a diagnosed schizophrenic. Um, Uh, Yeah, I guess that helps. (laughs) But he was charged with first degree murder. 
as, now as he's in prison. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, if you're having a disagreement with somebody, you don't just chop their head off. This isn't the medieval times. No, definitely not. You have a conversation. It doesn't mm-hmm. just doesn't just go straight to the axe. Uh, dude, look up the photo of Christian Gomez. He's terrifying. Looking. Oh, he's terrifying looking. He has this like scary look to him. But it's funny, if you look up Christian Gomez, there's an Argentinian soccer player who shows up first, which I'm very glad that's, good. that's the case. God, he looks so, like, menacing. Yeah, he just looks, oof. He looks a little bit like Kronk. I think he gave himself Emperor, Emperor's New in. Groove. Yeah. <laughs> With the axe. With, With the, the axe. axe. Yeah, he, he sure cut her head off, and he cut his hair with the axe. Oh, my God. It, it was brutal, though. I was reading about that one, and I was like, that's got to be the worst thing I've seen. Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to, why, dude? And it's because your mom was, like, asking you to move boxes to the basement. What's wrong with you? Well, and and I guess to the extent you have to admit, like, you know, schizophrenia is a horrible fucking disease. Absolutely. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it does do horrible things to you, and it makes you think horrible things. And so, like, there is, as horrible as it sounds, there is a, an explanation to the chaos of, what happened, but uh doesn't make it any more right. Well, but it's just at the same like, time, like right. So he gave her a high fade. Yes. I see that, yes. The highest of fades. Mm-hmm. Apparently, okay, the this is this entire thing. He killed his mom because he was mad at her and he planned her murder for the two days that she was. Oh, asking. so he was like actively thinking it was about premeditated. He was okay, like so, well. Schizophrenia played a role, but not a huge role not, in that because you really did think man. about it for a couple days before you was like, you know what? Zit. Cutting no. your head off. Nope. Not good. Not no, good. Weird. There's, there's, I, not that there'd ever be any sort of redeeming factors in any way, but. <laughs> Is that ever acceptable? Like, what? Just to go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm cutting your head off. No. There's no acceptable situation. So it's if not right. Ask that question. I'm a little Just concerned. not right. No, it's just not right. Nope, it's wrong. It, it turns out murder is wrong, Matt. I, I don't know if it you It turns out it's a bad thing. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Murder is bad. Don't do it. Murder! Climb aboard the murder train? Was that where you were going with that? Yeah. You watch How I Met Your Mother? All aboard! Yeah, I did. Climb aboard the murder train. Such a good... Mm. Oh, God. Season two, off to a little Season bit of a rocky two, start. Off to a terrible start, but it'll but it's get there. It's it'll there. be good. Yeah. It'll be good eventually. You know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get this whole thing down. We actually have a really exciting um, show planned for the net in two weeks. Yes, provided everything stays on track, we're going to be everything falls partying. into place. It's going to be the best. Can I tell you, well, greatest we know- episode of Morbid Message Mondays ever, ever, ever. And I already told you what the con- the topic was, right? Yes. All right, I'll tell everybody what the topic is. Two weeks from now, we're going to be talking about simulation theory. Yes. And I'm super excited because it's going to be teased, our first... Didn't we first, tease talking about that before? Yeah, we did uh, yeah. during the Mandela effect. Yes. Uh, it'll be our first ever episode with a guest. I a won't guest. say who the guest is. I thought that said Pfizer Hotel. <laughs> I said Pfizer Hotel. Said, Who's the guest? Can't say, Dad. I'll let you know outside of this. Because yeah, anyway, once it's you know, once it's all solidified, you guys will. We'll we'll definitely have like a more yeah. formal thing. 
you guys will know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be heavily advertised for sure. Anyway, give me just a moment, and I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this out. So, Matt, you have anything else? I don't. I don't. I'm happy to be back with Mormon Message Mondays. It was a good one week break. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm ready to take the podcast into the future, into the next level, into the future. <laughs> and well, shit. That's unfortunate. <laughs> well, this uh, this episode was a little rough around the edges. I think that's what gives it its charm, you know. That's what gives our show its charm, right? Prior, that's why you guys tune in because we're a goddamn mess, and nothing in this world deserves to be not a mess. <laughs> Prior to us starting, I was literally raging around the office. Yep, yep, <laughs> raging around the office like a fucking gorilla, being an idiot. So it was, it was. There it was we go. Great. You know, it was good to listen to. I just sat here trying to connect my garage to my Wi-Fi. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yes, that's a fucking thing. Yeah. Trying to connect my garage. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Morbid Message Monday. I hope you have a great day, night, evening, whatever it happens to be that you're having. And Matt. Goodbye. (laughs) Is that right? Is that it? Sure, dude. Is that how we do it? Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.